When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the Marvel Stuff Podcast, where I'm not even going to joke about us talking about anything other than Marvel, because it feels like I've been gone for three and a half weeks. And Roughly, uh, yeah, roughly three and a half weeks. Um, More like 10 days. But. Yeah, it's only been, I've actually missed one uh, one recession, but you guys got to say, and I'm going to talk about the thing I've been looking forward to the most. I know. Uh, I was super bummed that I didn't get to, to jump on that episode. It was definitely uh, me and falling behind on life a little bit, but I caught back up, feeling good. Miss Marvel looks dope. If you guys were wondering what I thought, I know that I'm the resident uh, Miss Marvel groupie here. Uh, Noah's got you got you pretty close. He's actually reading the Miss Marvel comic book as it comes out, so he's yeah. a, a fanboy as well. Good man, Noah. Yeah, so that that looks awesome. Looks like a great show. <laughs> I'm excited for that show to be awesome. Uh, but finally, we have something Marvel to talk about. And it's oh my God. already to me like a great show. I, I think our audience was probably exhausted with all our filler episodes, but we wanted to make sure you guys got content. But we know that the bread and butter of this thing is doing reviews on awesome new Marvel stuff. Yeah, I don't know what we're going to name this episode, but I would I would push towards uh, Moon Knight, best Marvel show, uh, exclamation point, question mark, because that's how I feel. I just uh, said episode one, but you well, know. I know that, but... <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Uh, I do. I do like it a lot. Uh, I don't know if I'd pick it as my favorite yet. I mean, it's... I mean, obviously, we've only seen one episode. Right, but, exactly. But if I think about the first episode of every show, this is this one to me is a home run. I mean, you know... Falcon and Winter Soldier went pretty hard in their episode one with, like, their crazy budget. I remember that very specifically. Uh, I really enjoyed this. I like the multi-personality thing. I also like... The only thing that was a little off-putting that I think is going to be solved in the next couple episodes is the jumping around, which worked for this episode, obviously. But I don't want them to do that for too long, where he kind of loses what he's doing. If anything, I want to see more of Mark Specter while he's, uh, you know, in control or whatever. But that's just a little gripe. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll jump into that because I. I... I do have an interesting, I wouldn't say it's a theory, but I have a feeling I know why they did what they did. Um, but you're right to say that it felt like an opening episode gimmick, right? It wanted the first episode to be fire. And I think for people who don't know Moon Knight... Which that, is most that, people, that, that, to that be fair. That awesome, is, right? if you they're not a... This, yeah, most people, right? Most people aren't big right. Moon Knight guys. Even even we aren't huge Moon Knight guys. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I played as him in Ultimate Alliance, the first one, and uh, <laughs> I saw him in a couple of coloring books as a kid. But outside of that, like, really not a whole lot of Moon Knight on my end. Yeah, I've read about um, read about him a little bit. His new stuff yeah. is, is is pretty cool now that they've changed him a little bit more, uh, which is obviously what this show is kind of based off of. But if you've never known Moon Knight and you just came in, oh, I'm watching the new Marvel show. Let me watch this. That first episode and like the gimmick, and you're like, "What's going on? Why is he jumping around?" And you don't actually know that he has all these uh, multi personalities. You know, yeah, it's awesome. I mean, it's got to be right. It's got to be. I almost wish I didn't know anything about him. 
I know, which is how I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think that's why they did it this way, because it really catches a lot of intrigue immediately. Uh, Quick note, I'm glad they did the one episode premiere. I know a lot of people like the two episode or even the three episode, but I personally am opposed to it. I like the one episode at a time type of deal. Yeah, to me, it always depends on the episode and the show and what's going on. Um, This show, like I said, I think we're going to look back and this episode is going to feel different than the rest of the season. For sure. Um, which is only like five more episodes anyway. But I think this episode is going to feel very different. And it was it was created, it was made, and it was directed in a way that was like, this episode needs to do a certain thing. And that is set up yep. this character. We need- <laughs> I got a Night at the Museum vibes a couple of times watching this. <laughs> which is I a problem. Because those, those movies are great. I love the whole museum motif. I love a lot of this thing. Uh, a lot of the show is super fun, uh, super great. So let's kind of, we're going to break it down piece by piece instead of chronologically, in case let's you guys were wondering. Um, let's start at the broadest of terms we can get. This episode, you've already mentioned it, it does a lot of like, he loses control and jumps around as a, I guess you'd call it a gimmick, as a storytelling device. How did we feel about how the, the way this episode was framed, like that he lost control and then we would I, jump to him and have to like backtrack right. information. Mm-hmm. I didn't mind it, but it's not, it, it, it almost feels repetitive because it has been done a lot in Hollywood and TV shows. It makes a little more sense in this case because it's multi-personality, but even like Wolverine in a couple instances, he just randomly wakes up somewhere, has no idea what he's doing or, you know, there's just other examples of people with amnesia and it kind of feels a little bit like a trope, just not even just superhero movies. They have, uh, you know, I'm yeah, sure there's yeah. a Justin Timberlake movie that does the same thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't even think about that, but you're right. It is, it is a little played out. Um, and I felt that on the big jumps, like when he ended up out in the middle of a field or whatever, Germany, didn't really yeah. care about that. I thought the way they used it during the action scenes was very cool. Oh, very like, cool. Yeah. It was like five second jumps. That, you know, that was better. Know. I liked that too. I love it. I love how we almost got a, a Tom Hardy Venom voice as well, where he's just like, the idiot's back in control. I'm like, that's so funny. Yeah, I didn't see that coming. I didn't think that was going to happen. And uh, so it definitely like, I don't know if the general audience who doesn't understand Moon Knight's going to get to realize, but like there's definitively three things going on here. There's like, there's Mark, there's, oh my god, I can't, what's, his, what's the regular guy's Steven. name? Steven. Steven. And then there's the, you know, the force, the the, the specter, I guess you'd call it, the, the spirit. Yeah, he's cool looking, first off. He's, yes, dope. he's dope. I'm really um, excited to see more of him. But it's interesting to me that Mark needs to be in control for the spirit to do what the spirit, I'm interested by that whole dynamic. That's a good point, but I also... Who's in charge? Because it's, yeah, Mark's in charge of the spirit is kind of what it uh, implied. But at the same time, Steven's the same body. So him releasing himself to be like, Mark yeah, in order. Couldn't he activate it in Mark? So Mark could give control to the spirit. Well, why so. can't Steven do it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I'm assuming we'll get to learn a little bit about that. Because obviously For this sure. episode, uh, the, other, the next question I was going to ask you is how do we feel about, because this didn't seem like it's just happened, right? It The story frames it in a way that Mark has been being Mark for a long time. Yeah, this is right. not news. Yeah. Uh, I think it's awesome. And I, I love how Steven's constantly tired and feeling like he got hit by a train and he sets traps for himself. But uh, Mark's smart enough to get around them. Like he has 
the beach sand by his bed to see if there's any footprints and the tape over the door and the like yeah and then yeah, cuffs on his foot or whatever yeah it's just it was wild well, and that's the thing right you wouldn't you wouldn't think that there's someone taking control of you right that you would just think you're sleepwalking right you would never even process the idea that like someone could come back and just re-pour the sand down in like you know i the lot total tons of clever stuff uh going sure. on with that whole motif but i love the just thinking about the idea of the backstory that this this is probably like three years in the making that steven is like finally um being caught in the middle of it you know he's like finally i was bummed gus died the one fan goldfish i was i was pretty bummed that he uh he met his end yeah did i miss something or did it show yeah what happened yeah. to gus it didn't show what happened to gus but it showed that gus was replaced right okay so That's... i mean that's the name of the episode, I believe. I think it's like the goldfish conundrum or problem or something like that is the name of this first episode. Well, what do they what do they say in uh, Ted Lasso? The got to be a goldfish. Oh gotta, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I know exactly what you're talking about. You got to you got to forget about yesterday and you just focus on yesterday. Today. All that, all goldfish. That's true. I love it. First off, Ted Lasso. This is the Ted Lasso podcast, but uh, it could be that show is that good. You've never seen it. Yeah, we did yeah, our course. streaming episode back when we were looking for stuff to do, and it definitely made our list. So go check yeah, out the last Um So yeah, I love I love the story tell us. I love the backstory that's kind of being built here between Steven and Mark. Um, next thing we got to hit on, I think it's super important, is the Egyptian angle thing itself. We've talked about right. it on here before. How cool Norse mythology is. How all the other mythology is cool. We get a slight introduction to this Egyptian world. Uh, obviously, Stephen's like a nerd of it, which I think is a cool little tie. I, I, that was a fun way to add in. I I really appreciated uh, that, and I I almost honestly feel like this show is going to teach me some stuff because I love mythology, but it, Egypt's never been the one that I spent a lot of time studying. Oh, up, so. you should play Assassin's Creed Origins. It's fire. I have it, and I haven't played it yet. I've been playing Valhalla. <laughs> um, Valhalla's also fire. Uh but there, yeah, so many cool things, right? The the freaking tattoo. That tattoo is sick. I'm a big the, fan of that. Uh, the what do you call it? The justice balance. The cult leader. <laughs> yeah, the cult leader guy and his. I forget what they call it. The its term is in the mythology itself, but it's it's a very known part of Egyptian mythology. That there's that balance. You like weigh your heart against like a single feather, and if the heart you know weighed too much, that means it was being weighed down by like. Guess in, I guess you call it. Or whatever. Yep. Uh, exactly. So that was cool. That was awesome that they did that. I thought that was really cool. The creature was awesome. Uh, you know, the, the weird Yeah, what little monster. shot we got. Yeah, we didn't get to see it like really yeah. close or anything. Yeah, There's a couple like around. shit. You could you could see it enough. It was fine. Although that thing and was yeah. cool. The uh the Grim Reaper like monster that was like just he was seeing. I love that guy. He's great. <laughs> I want to see more of that. that. And then obviously him in the Moon Knight suit. Ha. Looked awesome. Yeah, I mean, definitely the best Disney Plus costume, bar none, I would say. So the whole Egyptian thing, I'm all for it. I'm like absolutely on board the weird cult. I'm on board for and most of the time weird cults make me feel uncomfortable, but when it's based fictional. on ancient <laughs> fictional religion you know it's not as big, as big of a deal yeah and I, I yeah the the followers of the cult act exactly like actual followers of cults and things so they did that perfectly to a t as well i was all i was all for that stuff uh which i guess means i should ask you about the villain in just in general 
What do you think? Of, what do you think of our villain here? Does um, he seem intimidating? Does he seem? I don't think he seems intimidating, but I don't think all villains have to. I think he has the mental fortitude and the uh, the power over people to make himself into a formidable opponent. As because, I mean, obviously. Steven himself can't fight for garbage. He, I love the scene where he threw the gun and then the guy called him out like the idiot. Did he just throw the, the gun? The idiot throw the gun? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, physicality isn't really there for that guy, but I don't think it has to be. And I, I, I love mental villains almost more than physical villains in most cases. So, yeah, I'm, I'm somewhat fascinated by it. I love the, it's just, just a trope. And maybe it's because it's based on reality, but the idea of like the charismatic, uh, Cult leader who just had zero charisma. How did, yeah. how did he convince anybody to ever listen to him? He has just got to be the most boring person to ever walk into a room with. But I guess when you see that he has That's... a magic tattoo that can suck souls out, you kind of buy into him as a leader. Yeah, fair enough. More convincing. Yeah. Uh, Steve, actually... well, the actual guy like Steve Ranieri, I didn't think he had that much charisma mm-hmm. watching that HBO doc yeah. and that stuff. It's like it, it's pretty accurate to like what cult leaders end up. And I, I, don't understand the psyche behind the whole thing but i don't understand cult either but i no, probably, <laughs> probably would understand it more if people actually had literal magic powers that could actually judge souls so um yeah. that 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 whole backstory that he gives in the museum by the way that's my favorite part of him is like that he's working for another god or goddess like yeah for sure and yeah she if she would just been free she's pretty much the villain from uh Captain America Winter Soldier, you know, trying to kill people ahead of time before they do the bad thing. Right. She's just going to do it with magic instead of big giant guns, but you know, maybe Hydra will show up and they'll get to team up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, uh, Lady Hydra appearance would not be unreasonable at the end of this, I would say. It was a joke. It's just an interesting parallel that they have another villain. No, but like because they're pushing that character pretty hard, no, so right. her that, appearance that, that wouldn't surprise me. First off, no one's appearance surprises me anywhere in Marvel anymore. I'm legitimately I don't, there's, I don't think there's a single character that could show up as long as it has been in the movie at some point. Yeah, rumor is uh, RDJ is not coming back, so that's, yeah, that's, that's one you can kind of tick off the board there. And probably Black the Widow, but the only reference I really the, noticed to the greater. Uh, MCU was the the Norman Osborn box again. You could see it. Was it? Got, it was in the car chase scene when he it was. Wasn't, it movie. wasn't Osborn then. It was a uh, uh, Doctor Doom. Doctor, yeah. It was Von Doom. Von Doom. Von Doom Foundation. I didn't. I, the what? The, the box that I saw in the ice cream van was just ice cream boxes. But I guess it, they all were except for the one. It was like I think it was when they were in reverse. You can uh, see okay. it the shoulder. Same shot as the trailer. The um, trailer, so yeah. It's like made me... Box. I wonder if, like... Was that, that oh, was, um, quick they note. Were, actually, they were, maybe they were in Los Yeah, they, they did. That's the thing. I was just going to say that. We're set in Europe. There haven't been many adventures of Marvel outside of the United States. They had Far From Home, where he was on, you know, his school yeah. uh, trip or whatever. But And then the Eternals did a lot of global jumping around but for the most part we've been uh established in the united states and slight scenes in here there but this one we're in europe this is based in like most of it's taking place in london which i think this is the perfect opportunity to even mention latveria yeah where dr doom's from i think this would be the perfect time to do it like even if it's a small reference like oh i just flew in from latveria or if he has an airport scene have that be one of the options then it just kind of gives some 
uh, credit to uh, future. The projects. fact that it exists, yeah. Right. Right. Which is why were they, you know, why is it never getting brought up? And I would say uh, because 85 other countries never get brought up either. So true. Suck the butt. Well, but the fact that they're in Europe does make a difference. So there you go. Yeah, it would be cool. It would be cool to get brought up. All right. All right. Circling back around yep. to what we do know, Steven himself, how do we feel yep. about him when he's in Steven mode? Uh, he's a little annoying. He's kind of a pansy, but uh, he has some redeeming qualities too. I love how his best friends like the golden statue guy. That was one of my favorite things ever. That was a fun scene. And like, you take a picture. He's like, "Don't forget to tip him." And it's like he's actually like looking out for his boy. So it's 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 pretty cool. Like it makes perfect sense that his friend would be someone that just never talks back to him based on yeah. what we know about him. No, nope, it does. Uh, I loved. Yeah, I loved a lot of. There's a lot. Of, funny little scenes the whole um the whole thing where he is he's just his boss was just being just oh his boss is the worst (laughs) but she's exactly like how bosses in retail act so it's not like it was too far-fetched uh other thing on fire i would be fired so fast she'd literally be on fire but like yeah yeah. he just like kind of takes it because yeah whatever inventory i guess yeah, like he doesn't have a lot going on. I like the steak work. scene. Uh, the him just. I'll I'll take a steak. <laughs> what cut do you want? Uh, I'll take the the best the the best piece. The best the best piece there. Yep. And then the like, how do you steak. want it cooked? He's like, yeah, really yeah, really good. I want it really good. <laughs> cooked real good. Um, yeah, there's lots of things I liked. A couple of notes that like are probably just speculation, but the fact that he called his mother multiple times. But it was always a voicemail. There was never. I I got a feeling his mom's dead. Oh yeah, yep. That's why yeah, I, I got that feeling. That sure. character. I guess yeah. Voicemails. It part of me makes me. It feels like we're gonna find out that like Stephen him. Stephen's only been around for. You know, over a couple years. But Mark was time. in charge for a long time. Yeah, it could be something like that. There's a lot of different angles that could go here, which. I think is one of the most fun things about the character because who's the true uh, owner of the body? Does anyone know? Not really. Yeah, it may, yeah, definitely. The way the show sets it up, like, it's like, oh, Stephen's the main one. But I got a feeling that, like, Stephen's actually only been around and working at this museum for, like, the last few months. Right. Um, and maybe maybe he got that. There. Maybe Mark got him that job as, like, a Stephen so he could get that, uh, the brooch-looking right. thing that kind of goes with one of the museum yeah, pieces. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Get in on the, get in on all the Egyptian and the scare stuff. I got a feeling that's where it's going to be. Maybe Stephen did exist even further back. Right. Yeah. Again, the nice thing about this is we have no idea if they're going to do anything related to the comics at all. They might actually take. Well, that's the, the thing about Moon Knight is like he's gone through so many different versions where it's like even if they did decide to go off a comic book, there's no way of knowing which one they're going to do until we see it in front of us. So it's one of those things where it's not a it's not going to be a predictable show, which I appreciate. Yeah, I I, I love that about it. Uh, yeah, I like Steven's character. I'm excited to get to meet Mark a little bit more. This leads me to, I think, the quintessential. I don't know if it's a question or point or whatever it is. Uh, Oscar, he's unbelievable. Oh, he's such a good actor. He's been wasted in some movies, but like, if you see him really like go toe to toe, like he's he's just he's been fantastic. So, what do you think about like? And I guess you know when you argue about who's the best actor and what's can they do this, can they do that, or. You know, if you're just really charming, like you could be the best actor by just being the most charming person ever. Uh, you know, Denzel Washington style. But man, I mean, you can also just be considered one of the greats just because you're so lovable. Like 
Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, like, exactly. He plays pretty close to the same character all the time, but we all love him because he's awesome. But in terms of just absolute, like, actual, like, changing who they are at any given moment, Oscar Isaac's wild, dude. He is gotta be up there. nothing yeah. like he's been in other movies. Um, his the Steven character is so different. It's so well done. You still believe it's, like, just this, this loser that would let his boss... Just step, step all over, over him. Yeah, just, the fact just, that yeah. he got a um, he got a date with uh, who got him that date. That's what Mark I want to know. Was it Mark? Yeah. Well, it never. It was never said that Mark got it. Yeah, it was just someone else. Like I don't know how many personalities he has. That's fair. It definitely seemed like it was Mark. Yes, you're right. Um, but yeah, that that was a funny the whole realizing it's been two days thing. But yeah, it's so good. And then when he's talking to himself in the mirror, and you like finally get to see him act as Mark and he's moving in the manner. The mirror scene was one of my favorites of the episode because one, it's just visually cool to watch the mirror doing something different than what the real human is doing. There's something about that that's been done in horror movies and action movies yeah. for years, but it just, I didn't mind it in this because it was really cool and Oscar Isaac getting to play off of himself. Really solid. He's just so good and he's just like, hey, stop, look at me. Like, we're, you're not going to die. Just let me take control. He's like, gosh, Man, this guy is good. He has got to be one of the best best actors going. And I love yep. every second of it. He's great. And uh, I loved this episode. Uh, the goldfish scene, obviously, super funny. The fact that, like, <laughs> the day before, Mark had asked for a one fish, one fin to goldfish. And then, you know, Steven comes in the next day. So surprised that his fish grew a fin. <laughs> like yeah. I told you yesterday. There's gonna be a lot of funny. I'm like I said. I'm curious if them, to know if they're gonna go that route of like doing a lot of losing control and having to backtrack going forward, or if it felt like this episode was all building up to him you know realizing what? it fully. I don't think they specifically said it was Germany. That outside scene outside of the castle. It looked like German words, but I suppose there's a chance that might have been the first uh, Latveria situation maybe he just ended up there and that's what that castle was i don't know i mean i guess yeah maybe they did say it and i just missed it but i just like the idea of uh, nah, us getting right. closer to the fantastic four and dr doom we'll deep dive into that stuff um for sure the scarab you gotta i just i'm i'm over just having to chase objects is that okay yeah blame indiana jones man that's the only reason it still works <laughs> just i'm just over it like i just don't like, oh, we got an object, and then now we have to speculate about what's that object going to do? Is it going to unlock an ancient cave or something? Well, the it's also their own... watch that yeah. did nothing, and I hate it's, it. It's their own fault because they spent all this time building up the Infinity Stones and then having a culmination where they think they're going to, for some reason, repeat themselves, which I don't think is going to happen. Uh, also, I defend the watch from Hawkeye because I called it super early that it was definitely like a Mockingbird thing, and it was, so... It's some sort yeah. of drive. No, you're right. Uh, it just, to me, it's annoying. I guess it's like, how else can you get them to not just kill Stephen on the spot, I suppose? But don't love it. Don't like it. But man, this show was brutal. That was kind of the, the next, one of the last things I wanted to hit on was this show. Was there definitely... was only a couple, like, I mean, there was definitely a decent amount of blood. There was only one, what, like one scene showing true brutality, I guess. That's a good point. But it sets the stage that there's going to be brutality throughout the show, which I appreciate. But even like its intensity, I think that's to me, that's the the best part of the episode is it feels so intense 
all the time. Yeah, it literally feels like uh, Ben Affleck's Batman when he goes into that uh, that like random shipping yard and takes out like eight dudes, or like Robert Pattinson's Batman in the train station more recently. Just overall brutality, guys. Just tuning dudes up, doesn't care what it does to them as long as they don't die. I just really appreciate it. Yeah, and I just I love like the way the camera shakes and everything just kind of like goes as his eyes roll the back of his head. Like that's more intense than anything in any that he's done. True. Uh, it's just even that scene right there, just watching his eyes roll back his head and standing around a bunch of dead guys uh, with a giant Dope. bloody hand. You, you do that? like it's it's both clever and frustrating. Obviously, the point is that we want to have seen what happened. Like, oh my god, I wanted to see what just happened. Um, it's not going to show us. Vegas. Well, yeah, that's what I think people are going to draw from this episode, but I don't think, like I said at the top, I don't think that's going to continue that way. I think this is more like a one-off or maybe a two-off. I think beyond this point, we might see the eyes roll back, but I don't know if they're going to do much story jumping anymore. I think they might just show Mark's uh, right. character in control. I agree, yeah. I mean, obviously, because it showed it at the end. It showed it at the end of this episode. It didn't just cut away after he let go control. It, like, let us watch... Um, right, this guy being beat on the monster. Yeah, so I feel like that's going to be the case most often. We're not going to miss anything else. The whole point of the first episode was we didn't get to see it because Stephen didn't get to see it, and right. it wanted us to piece together the mystery along with him. Even though we, in the Marvel universe, know how know these things, but the average audience member wouldn't have known what was happening. So I thought it was pretty clever. And yeah, um, I appreciate Marvel always thinking of a new audience. I think they're getting better at that, having things feel more standalone as connected instead of connected. I think that's like a highlight of the Disney Plus shows is you can be, you don't have to be educated with the last 20 MCU movies and the last five shows just to enjoy this. Oh yeah, you, always, you get references, but you don't have to know anything. I think, so for this, I think for this episode, nothing, you, don't need nothing. Nothing. you just walk in. I think this show in general, you're just going to be able to walk in and watch it. Um, yeah. You're going to be like, hey, do you like action, like psychological thrillers? Because that's what this show is going to be. Like, did you, you know what I mean? What's that uh, the weird one with Leonardo DiCaprio in the, the island? Shutter Island. Shutter Island. Oh, um, good movie. Did you like Shutter Island? Probably going to like Moon Knight. It's a little more action. Probably not well as quite well directed, but it looks pretty Still. good. So, I'm pumped. I'm pumped for it. I think going forward, uh, we know it's only six episodes. We know it's not going to be. Uh, they, this, I think it's just a season thing right now too. So I think I mean, there's it's definitely a chance there's going to go there's going to be a season two, which is the case with all the Disney Plus shows so far, except WandaVision. I think that's the only one that's confirmed to not be getting another season. Yeah, well, I mean, this is billed as a limited series. Uh, same, but so I think all of them have been so far. So I think they want to close the door. Like, this is going to be a single contained thing. Um, and if we want to do something else, we can, you know. Well, that, I mean, the, the beautiful thing about it is now there's, you know, instead of a one movie leading up to the Avengers, you've got six hours of this character. You get to love this character. And then when they do join the team up movies, you can root for that guy without, you know, you do have like a history with them as opposed to, having to know like your highlight hero, like an Iron Man or a Captain America where a one a two hour movie was enough for us to root for that character. But Moon Knight, you do one movie, I don't know if that would be enough to keep you like super interested in the character, but doing a six Maybe. part miniseries. If, or if the movie would have been as good as this episode, it would have. 
Um, I got the movies feel rush nowadays. It's weird, but then at the same time, they're also extending the time limit. So it, you know, movies, whatever. yeah, and that's I mean, that's part of the reason it feels like all movies now are three hours long because I think they. Yeah, uh, Morbius. It's another long one. We're gonna go see that on Friday, by the way. So look out for the parking lot review coming this Friday. Yeah, we'll talk about that at the end of, at the end of today. Yeah, no doubt. What your what your feelings are going into it? Um, but I obviously we're just excited for Moon Knight. We're excited for Marvel to be back in general. Oh yeah. But I I feel good enough right now to be like in terms of first episodes. I would I would suggest this to people. Well, I don't think I'd go out of my way too often to suggest Marvel shows, but I would I would go out of my way to suggest suggest this one. Yeah, I mean it kind of depends on who you're suggesting it to, obviously, because if you have someone who has a taste for this type of thing, like like you said, if you know someone like Shutter Island, yeah, definitely recommend the show. So it's based on taste, obviously, but yeah, overall, this is a fun one to recommend, and I'm I'm excited to see more. Yeah, I think I think horror fans, I think it's it's not a horror show. But like I said, the the intensity, the psychologicalness of it, like some of the imagery of it, I think would would appeal to them. Um, I doubt the rest of the show is going to maintain that as well, but it might. I hope it does. I hope it it stays as intense as it is, and it doesn't become a generic um, beat 'em up. But it might. I don't think it's going to be beating them up. I don't think so. I mean, it, there's going to be action scenes, obviously, but I think the the leaning into the mental illness of it all. And then even like the mental effect that the cult followers probably go through, like the psychological aspect of that. Like this feels like it's going to be a psychological show, which I can appreciate because psychological thrillers and things are some of my favorite to watch. They usually, they make me uncomfortable. So this is what, this is what I said about it when I was watching it today is usually psychological thrillers make me uncomfortable, partially because uh, my wife's profession and partially just because it, gives me heebie-jeebies to think about it (laughs) too too intensely but when it's mystical in nature it doesn't so the fact that like we know that all these things uh that he's going through or or at least partially it seems to be partially because he's got some ancient egyptian spirit sounds like it's the spirit that betrayed what's her face I gotta get these. Oh, names. the weird dog god, names, god uh, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe by the end of the show we will know the Egyptian god yeah, names. I gotta get their, their names down. Yeah, I'm stuck Anubis. I'll just say Anubis for all of them until I, until yeah, I start learning yeah, names. Might be right. Anubis is the like half dog god, so I guess yeah, that would make sense. It was this one, but yeah, I yeah, I don't know which one they're going for. But it was cool that they did the whole. Um, you know what I bet it is? I bet if you go back and look at that tablet when he was like, oh, there's seven. Well, there's supposed to be nine. I would bet whatever two are missing from that poster. Uh, one and the two guys. And one's, yeah. But I'm pumped for this. I'm pumped for all that stuff. I'm pumped to find out what the Scarab does. If it unleashes monsters into the world. A darker side. Like oh, I wonder. I'm curious if uh, the cult leader has one of the gods influencing him in the way that uh, Stephen slash Mark are influenced by another one. Oh yeah, I would bet it does. Because he that's cause probably he, possible. He, yeah. he says it in a way that's like, oh yeah, it's yes. it's terrible having that voice that like he just can never satisfy what it wants. Yeah, that seems to be where they're leaning, and I appreciate it because that's that's always fun. God versus God in control of a human. I don't know. It, it's it's. I don't think it's too much of a trope. 
What do you think about the weird uh, glass foot scene to start the show? You're gonna start a show? Is that the way to do it? You think? No, I don't. I didn't like. It didn't feel necessary. It was fine. I wasn't mad at it. I, mean, I was just like really confused. I'm like, why start with that? <laughs> yeah, I would love to know if it like ends up meaning anything or it's just like a. I guess that was probably you know. as PG thirteen as you could get as far as what disgusting cults do. So maybe that's uh maybe that's got something to do with it. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It could, yeah, it could have a deeper connection later, but you're probably right. It's probably just a way to show off, hey, this guy's like pretty mad, intense. Mad weird, yeah. Mad weird, for sure. But yeah, you're right. I like the idea of, of gods facing off each other through uh, human avatars. I think that's cool. So many things about this episode that I thought was cool. I feel like I'm missing so many of them off the top of my head. But is there anything else that you feel like, man, that was awesome. I'm glad we got to see that. This car chase scene is the first time I've ever liked the car chase scene for the record. Uh, uh, there are other good ones I've seen that I can't I think, think of examples right now, but it, it it was a really solid car chase. And then, yeah, I loved how you miss some of the highlights, but it, you still get to see a good portion of the car chase. I think that's cool. Yeah, because, well, because to, the answer is because you can't really do a car chase scene in a cool way because cars can only do so many things. But when you just skip forward... I mean, Tarantino did a, what was it, Drive or whatever? That movie was something. <laughs> With, uh, I've never Russell. seen that. It's like one of the, I've never seen that one. Um, but yeah, I liked all that stuff. I liked the, I liked the callback that the, the logs eventually did come Oh, back. that was so good. I loved that. That was, that was some shock value. I was like, oh, hey, the engine will start. I wonder how the, he's going to get saved here. And, you know, it wasn't a cameo from a Marvel hero. It was, unless that was Groot, which I don't think no. it was. <laughs> no, just a, a sweet logs coming back, um, exacting their revenge. Yeah, a lot of a lot of crazy stuff. A lot of, like, the, especially the jump flashes, like, I don't even understand how they could have possibly pulled that off, but I love it. The throwing the gun scene was funny. Yeah, I hope they do get to hear the voiceover of the spirit a lot, though. Uh, I think that's the one thing that will stick. I really do. Yeah, I probably. That I mean, voiceover. Yeah, you're right. We well, you kind of got out of there a little bit. But if you didn't, couldn't hear Josh, he said they took the influence from Venom, which, uh, good. Good for Venom for uh, contributing to the Marvel Cinematic Universe in a positive way. Because uh, those movies are like, okay. Um, they're just okay at best. So, super excited for that. And uh, that's all the cool stuff I can think of that I remember from, from the episode. Is anything else that you want to you want to hit on you want any moments you want to remark other than him punching a giant dog, which is, you know, uh, no, uh, other than I'm just stupid excited. So let's, uh, let's run it. Let's run it. All right. Uh, before we, uh, before we jump off, I am going to give you guys my, uh, my Miss Marvel take. I hit on a little bit earlier, but I wanted people to, to get a chance. I would feel like I had left people out in the dust. If I didn't get to, to talk about, the Miss Marvel trailer, because um, like I said, it is, it's known that it's my most anticipated thing. It's been my most anticipated thing since it was even rumored. And uh, number one, dope setup, uh, dope feel to the whole show. It did the entire, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen like the Mindy Kaling shows on Netflix, the Never Have I Ever or uh, Sex Lives of College Girls. But it's, you know, the awkward young adult teenage thing. Um, those movies are phenomenal. They're, the shows are so good. Um, this show gave that same feel of, like, I'm an awkward high schooler, but I have all the poppy 
quippy things that are more self-deprecating than anything else. And, you know, you're kind of poking fun at your teacher. You're always poking fun at yourself. She seems like she's going to be super cute, very, like, clever. I'm going to love everything about her and her weird, probably going to have some sort of crush on some boy. You know, uh, yeah, that was stuff. even expressed in the trailer. There was uh, the shirt oh, yeah, you're right. yeah, yeah, came yeah, out of the pool. Yeah, they uh, they me they and Noah harped on it quite a bit last week. That it's just it has a lot of parallels to Turning Red, the new uh, Disney movie. So yeah, yeah, that's pretty, uh, I do like Turning Red. It's fine, it's a good, it's a good movie. But yeah, all that stuff, all the whole high school stuff. Those are some of my favorite things going on TV right now. Um, I would probably list off fifteen. Netflix shows right now that are just like my favorite shows going because they are that same feel of just like kids living in a modern world getting to do um, all the things we didn't get to do as kids and have the cutesy little relationships that are totally unrealistic don't exist Um, this is not how your teachers acted and treated you it's not not how your friends did things but that's why it's fun you get to have a little bit of well, it's a lot to do with it being adults that write the show and they romanticize some of the things about growing up yeah. or they like like tune, like tuning it up like they do they've been doing in movies for decades. It's just kind of like, yeah, no one wants to know the actual mundane nature of school. So let's put a fun spin on this. Yep. So I'm excited for all that stuff. Her powers themselves. Uh, I'm all for the whole like borderline Green Lanternness of it. Where it seems like it's more like a projection. I'm surprised you're on board with that, personally. I'm, I'm uh, all for it. Only because, I, only because her actual and big in power, to me, was always was always too similar to Mr. Fantastic. And they know it. And there was no way they were going to have her like, actually stretching and doing all that stuff before they introduced Mr. Fantastic. They was never going to do it. But you, are you okay with it coming from, does he mean like the powers coming from the bracelets as opposed to her being exposed to the, uh, whatever those things, antigen? Yeah, I couldn't. It changes her origin a little bit, which might hurt some hardcore fans' feelings. But, I mean, if it works, it works. I'm not too attached to either storyline. So whatever they decide to do, obviously I'm going to root for it. So. There you go. I have to see. So you, if I mean, I know she had the bracelets. Do you think that that's actually where the powers were coming from? That kind of seems like the source of her powers to right. me. That kinda yeah. So I don't know if I, I don't know if I love that. I like the idea of her, like her body changing. But well, uh, you know what? They might even like maybe their uh, antigens are kind of the source of the power from the from the bracelets and ex- extended exposure from the bracelets kind of gives her that. Maybe they'll go that angle. Yeah. Who knows? But you're you're yeah good point i don't know if i love that part but i do like the look of the power i like the way the powers look i like the way yep. that they function they're going to give a lot of versatility she's going to get to do a lot of cool things it visually looks cool um to be honest it looks way better than the weird green that uh, green lantern's power did in the movie which yeah i don't know if it's, well, just it's better too, and it's in fairness future, that was but a decade ago <laughs> there's something so. about like just green that doesn't quite look as good as like being able to have multicolor like purples and stuff so I think it's going to look really cool. I think she's going to have cool powers, but mostly the the whole, you know, cutesy stuff is going to be my favorite part of it. I love the Miss Marvel look. I like her weird little thing uh, where she dresses up as Miss Marvel. I like how excited she is to be a superhero. And I also, I mean, I like that the, the trailer leans into it. Again, for, for audience members who aren't in the know and don't get it, like, it's cool that the trailer and she is, like, very blunt about the fact that, like, yeah, there's not a lot of superheroes that are, you know, 
brown kids from Jersey. And the show is, it seems heavy-handed, but we got to always remember that there's just so many people who have no idea what's going on. Well, here. yeah, there's just the, the cultural impact. I mean, everyone knew Black Panther was going to be big, but no one knew it was going to blow up the way it did. It's because kids felt represented by that hero, and it's going to be the same thing coming up here with her, especially if younger good. girls who want a superhero to look up to, because it's not just boys that like comic books, obviously. So having more non-sexualized female characters is always going to be a plus. Always a plus, especially if the show's good, right? Right. Moon Knight, the whole angle and the the mental health, the, the, the mental health, all that stuff wouldn't matter if the show wasn't good. But it seems like based on this episode, it's going to be good. This Marvel looks like it's going to be good. So that's the best part about Marvel is they they get to do these things, they get to expand, they get to explore a little bit. But because it seems like they've sort of mastered some sort of formula. It yeah, I'm yeah, I'm glad that they're experimenting because, yeah, in, in our previous episode, I noted that like this Ms. Marvel show feels like it's targeted towards kids, which hasn't really been done to this extent before. Because, I mean, obviously we had Spider-Man in high school, but everyone loves Spider-Man. But this one kind of seems geared more towards a younger generation. And I'm going to be a fan of it either way. So kudos to them. Yeah, it definitely seems like the high school that she's attending and the world she's living is a far different high school experience. Exactly. It really showed off in the Spider-Man movies. So you're right. It does it does seem like it's it's finally gonna be a show that appeals to a different audience. Whereas instead of the twenty to thirty five year old male demographic the MCU's been living in. I'm I'll make a lot of money that way, but yeah, it doesn't hurt to have uh have some uh expansion. And I'm excited for the shows. I'm excited for the shows and I've been saying it the whole time that, and God, I'm just so glad that they're good. I'm so glad that the Marvel shows have turned out to be good, gives us something to do. Um, and Boba Fett was lame. I think that's the last Oof. thing Get wrecked, Boba. I need to hit on. <laughs> just, yeah, just messing with it. But Boba Fett was fine. Uh, Star Wars is doing good. This is doing good. But uh, Yeah, uh, we're kind of early for an announcement on our um, Doctor Strange thing, but we're going to do a fun event for the Doctor Strange uh, movie. Just uh, be on the lookout for that next month. Yeah, it does. Still, it feels, still feels like it's forever away. But it maybe is. it's only because I, it's a whole set of Moon Knight away, really, is all that matters. So, yeah. They're not going to overlap at all, are they? No. No, it's six weeks. So we'll, we'll fall like end of April. And then the Doctor Strange, yeah. it actually might line up perfectly. I'm curious. Yeah, it's going to be close. But. I'm excited for it. Uh, I doubt there's going to be any tie-in, so don't don't expect there to be. No, not at all. There's no reason to connect these two characters at this point. Maybe I saw like a really dumb theory that I I hated. Um, I wouldn't say the dumb theory; it's just a theory that I hated when I saw it today on our Facebook group about maybe he doesn't have multiple personalities. Maybe it's it's multiple universes living in the same body. If that's the case, uh, then I hate it. And, oh yeah, I agree. If that's the case, uh, I'm gonna riot because that's a really stupid way to do it, and that's too heavy-handed. <laughs> I mean, I, I can understand the speculation because I guess that kind of lines up a bit. But no, I, I prefer the multi-personality thing personally. Yeah, God, I do not like multiple universes. <laughs> I want the Doctor Strange movie to be so good, and to like kind of tie up the multiverse stuff. Yeah, like, doesn't it feel like we almost want that to happen? Because it's like we're opening up too many possibilities, and it's just 
the it's going to be a never-ending speculation about you know oh maybe we'll get another version of this character and it's like uh yeah but you got a whole catalog of other characters that have had zero projects made about them yep so i hope that strange is good and i hope that we just don't have to deal with multiverse stuff Okay, that's the thing about so many of these shows. I guess we'll end with this thought: is so many of these shows and movies are are more self-contained than I think we give them credit for. I think we think of them as this super interconnected and all this. And so many of them are like so self-contained, with just a couple references, that it they they lose it because we as the audience feel like everything needs to be right. Oh, quick discussion topic. Do you want to go for an extra 10 or 15 minutes? Because Noah sent something to me previous to this episode that if we want to hit on it now, we can. What what, what do we got? Well, essentially, like, uh, yeah, just we don't have to talk about it. We can even just tease it for the next episode. But uh, how would you feel about TV shows that are more mundane set in the same universe as the MCU? Not like, and just as an example, like NCIS but gotcha. it's in the same okay. universe as Marvel or like a sitcom yep. that's still set in the same universe, but not related to any of the characters. Could that be a fun thing to do or not? So if the question is, would I like it? The answer is borderline. Yes, probably no. Uh, the answer is, is it even possible? The answer is absolutely not. There's probably no chance. The budget and the expectation for fans and, we would just we would be such turds about it. We really would. If there, if, could you imagine if there was like just a sitcom, you know, that existed and we, it was Marvel and it wasn't really characters we knew and we would get like four episodes in and everyone would just be so mad that they're, they're not making any references and they're, they're yeah, there wouldn't be any stuff. It just doesn't feel yeah. I I just like the idea of it just because like after the blip where it's like you could focus on romantic relationships where. Your husband blipped, and then he comes back five years later. You're remarried, and then all of a sudden, there's that drama. So there's there's certain things that could be no. There's definitely like a lot of clever ideas. I guess to be honest, so the answer that I would like the most is if Marvel just like gave people the license to do it as a spinoff show that wasn't connected to the MCU. They were like, hey, yep, you're allowed to use the idea of the blip, make as many references as you want to the Marvel. But we just we don't have to consider your show canon at all. No, yeah, whatever, I mean that, that's a want. that's a good compromise. Maybe it'd be funny. Um, I, I don't know, man. It was just a fun thing. I think it was a TikTok or something that uh, Noah had sent me uh, earlier in the week, and I was like, yeah, it might be a fun conversation. All of it, that's the thing. Like the MCU, as we know, is already like relatively close to, um, you know, an official, you know, the world. Right? It's it's relatively close to the world we live in already. So you could. Put little tweaks in right like how much more interesting would csi be if like it's possible it was an alien that bit that guy's head off you know yeah and then well i mean there's even like you could go a degree even closer to the mcu like uh what's the name of the stupid organization that bus vulture for right yeah scalping, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the department of crew one. yeah the cleanup crew one a show about that where it's just dealing with the aftermath of the mcu that could yep. be fun too. Uh, all cool, but they, they just have to exist outside of the actual canon of of Marvel. It would have to be produced by not Marvel, because otherwise we would just be the worst. We would just be turds as fans as whole. We would be turds. That's true. Yeah, we just fans we, can be the worst. They tried to do what if, and half the people tapped out. <laughs> even though technically that they tapped out, they like just whined about it as if just don't watch it then. Oh, whatever. 
Uh, but then jokes on them because now they needed to apologize. <laughs> so I guess maybe they were right and we were wrong because they they put uh, Evil Strange in there anyway. So yeah, you know, there's a lot there's a lot of interesting things that could happen. It just never will. That's the unfortunate truth of it. I think it's yeah, well. fun to fan cast and a fan talk about and fan think about. There was a uh, I remember. I don't know if you guys ever this is old school stuff that used to be on you know honest trailers yep so the people who made honest trailers they gosh probably eight years ago at this point had tried to create some sort of like spin-off thing as a youtube but they put a lot of production value to it and it was uh the agents of the agents of shield or whatever so it was just like the it would literally was a it probably they probably made eight episodes that were like 12 minutes long and it was the uh the office staff of the Agents of Shield, uh, and they just had to like you know they just worked just, in an office and they just they're had not to field with... agents at all. That's pretty funny. <laughs> it is pretty funny and it did some clever stuff. But look again, it just that would never. I liked it, but it would never take off. Yeah, we're rambling at this point, but yeah, that's that's definitely fun. And I just thought it'd be a fun little conversation topic, and I'm glad Perfect. we had the discussion. Love it. Noah would have a million ideas. That's the thing about Noah. That's why we love Noah. We can't wait for Noah to just keep Yeah, he's at work. <laughs> I know. But, you know, if he was on here right now, he would be telling us exactly why it would work and where it would be located and which office building because he would know the name of the office building uh, yeah. that yeah, would be next sure. to, you know. The Baxter building. Yeah, yeah. Be right next I'll to like the Baxter stuff. building. He'd be pumped about it. But he's not here, so we're going to end the episode because we're just not nearly as interesting as Noah, unfortunately. That's the truth. Yeah, well, you know, catch him out on the Radioactive Paper Cuts podcast. He's pretty great over there. Yeah, just check that out. Radioactive Paper Cuts. It's pretty good stuff. I'm starting to like it. Uh, Except that Josh Kennedy guy. But I know. We'll uh, we'll see you guys for the parking lot review of Morbius. We'll see you again for next uh, next week's episode. Let us know if you guys like this better. We we are debating if we want to try to... Do same day or the Do next day, day on these Marvel TV shows. Rotating yeah, my, I think more often than not, it'll be like a drop on a Thursday when there's an episode on a Wednesday. But I guess we shall see. Yeah, but if we'll you guys prefer back on Monday, now nah, I like the consistency of Monday. Even if there's a new show, you can let us know. We'll we'll take it under advisement for sure. But until next time, try not to have too much fun without us. <laughs>